1: all right, thanks as always, Jim Nance, and this week we got Chris DeMarco. We think of players who have played in the Masters, who played in Majors, who have played in President's Cups, Ryder Cups. This guy's done it all, but you all remember 2005 and the famous chip-in from Tiger Woods. The guy that that hurt the most uh, in terms of chances to win late on a Sunday was Chris DeMarco. They were playing together. What an experience that was. We get into what that Sunday was like at the Masters, and just that stretch in his career, 04, 05, 06, he was a huge part of the storylines of the PGA Championship in 04, um at the masters he played with Phil Mickelson when Phil got it done for his first masters as well in 04 this guy has been in final pairings final groupings and major championships a lot of experience there so anyway we're going to get into kind of some good stories there from his glory days he's now on the champions tour as you guys know this interview happened in Richmond Virginia at the Dominion Charity Classic so we sit down and yeah just getting a lot of different topics his mentors on tour and a lot of a lot of lessons he's learned over the years some great great stories from Chris Tamarco I cannot emphasize enough how fun he was uh, to hang out with for a little bit so anyway set the scene this was the Wednesday before the Dominion Charity Classic it's at the Country Club of Virginia we're sitting down outside the clubhouse so anyway, it was a, it was a fun conversation we'll get to it here before that Encore Golf I want you to check out and spread the word charity special edition they've got Let's F Cancer who they're working with that foundation. A portion of every purchase goes to the foundation right now for the month of November. You can get logos, the pink ribbon, Let's F Cancer ribbon ball, uh, the Let's F Cancer charity ball, Skip the Shave ball. There's all kinds of different ones here to support and spread the word on cancer. And remember, you can use my promo code B, the letter B, Clubhouse, and get 10% off on your purchases online at EncoreGolf.com. All right, let's get to a Chris DeMarco PGA Tour Champions player on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right, joined by Chris DeMarco, three-time PGA Tour winner, and we're actually out here at Richmond this week. But you've been on the Champions Tour for about three years now, and it's really a kind of a transition. What's it been like for you so far?
0: Um, tough. <laughs> um, these guys are—they're <clears throat> really good out here, and you know, I'll never forget my first week out. I was talking to Jesper Parnivik, and I was like, so what's um, what's it like out here? He goes, let me explain how the, the play is out here. He goes, if you shoot 71, 71, 71, one under each day, you'll probably finish 35th. He goes, if you shoot 69, 69, 69, you'll probably finish 15th to 20th. And if you shoot 67, 67, 67, you have a chance to win. And he's about dead on. Um, you know the one difference between this and the regular tour is the regular tour is a bit of a more of a marathon. You have four days, so you can afford that seventy or seventy-one. On this tour, you really can't do it. You, know, um, you have to keep the pedal down. Um, you know, I know the first time, and still even to this day, I'm still even a little nervous in the first tee. That's just what we do. I mean, you know, you have the little jitters, and you know, you really don't have time to to be nervous on this tour. I mean, you, you you're nervous for three holes. You look up, you are three down. Somebody's birdied the first three on you, so uh, you got to kind of. Just go for it and, and go do your thing, and you know and you're seeing a lot of guys that get into those situations and get comfortable and just you know are playing great golf. And you know it's it's nice to see a guy like Lee Jansen win last week, who hadn't won in six years, know that it's it you know it's out there and it's about getting that week.
1: Yeah, we well, talked about early part of a career, that chapter in your career, 2018, kind of starting as a rookie here. What would you tell your rookie self on the PGA Tour? um
0: you know get to that point where you're comfortable again on the golf course where you you know you're you're just playing golf you're not thinking about necessarily your putting stroke or you know where the ball's going you know you're you're thinking about shooting a number shooting a score playing golf you know i think that i have a tendency to think about the golf too much instead of just going and playing golf and I never really did that, especially when I played my best golf. I was very comfortable on a golf course, and I was very confident on a golf course. And I think if I can get those two things back, that's what I would tell myself to find as, as, as a, you know, somebody as a rookie, going out and doing your thing, but just getting that confidence back so you can go do do what you have to do.
1: Well, speaking about being confident, there was that stretch from the 0-4 Masters, where you were in the last group with Phil Mickelson, and then '04 4 PGA, where you were Part of a the playoff there with the number one player in the world bj singh and then in 05 you're in the final group of tiger woods you get to the playoff so talk about that stretch you're talking about confidence in that in that stretch right there
0: well i think you know as as you your your career escalates uh you know for me it was you know i finally won on tour so i got a bit of confidence i'm like wow okay i can win and then <clears throat> i won again the next year and then like five weeks later in 2002 i won phoenix so i won two tournaments in like six weeks and it was okay i'm a multiple winner on this tour now i'm it, now it's about you know I don't ever disregard any of the tournaments as something bigger or smaller than anything else, but obviously everybody, whether it's the media or whoever it might be thinks you know puts majors above everything else, which obviously even in the minds of the historians it is, right. So for me, <clears throat> it was about you know, maybe concentrating and getting a little bit more um, feeling better on, in, in the majors. So for me it was my focus was a little bit more on what I was doing up to the majors. Um, rather than just thinking of it another week, okay, what would I do to make myself prime and peak at this time? So I think I was working with Dr. Gio Valiente at the time, and, um, you know, so we would we would plan accordingly to where that my mind was the freshest and, um, you know, my swing was the best. I would go play tournaments that I knew that were maybe good for that first major coming up, and I just kind of prepped myself for the majors, and I think that when I did that... You know, I felt like I could actually go out and win them and then obviously having some really close calls and in, in, in situations with chances to win majors but you're still pulling through you know you can win one so for me it was just about again going back to that confidence and, and feeling comfortable in every situation I think that's the most important thing <clears throat> you know as we go out and we play golf you know how comfortable can you be on the golf course? can you feel like you're just playing with your buddies at home when it's a major and you have three holes left and you're playing against Tiger Woods and it's Augusta. I mean, so, you know, if you can get to that point, because that's how he is. You know, Tiger, even though he, you know, he definitely has has some anxiousness, but I don't think there's any nerves. I don't think he ever distrusts that he's going to, you know, make it happen down the stretch. And I think that that's the point we have to get to in order to get over that hump. I think you have to have a certain belief in yourself to where you know you can do it.
1: And you guys had that little exchange on Sunday on the driving range uh, with the ball we rolled over to you. What was that like? Uh, As a Florida Gator fan, right?
0: Yeah, the Gators had won a national championship um, in basketball that year. And I just him and I in the range, and I was just trying to maybe create a little bit of levity before we went out and played that last round because it was rain delay central that whole week. And we had played nine holes in the morning and then had six hours off. So, um, you know, we went back out. And I just wrote go Gators in the ball and chipped it down to him. And, you know, he kind of picked it up with his club and I saw him take a Sharpie out and chipped it back down to me and he wrote <clears throat> F the Gators on the ball. <laughs> I still have that ball, but, um, you know, and it just, he kind of smiled and gave a little smirk and, you know, just kind of gave a little levity situation. I mean, we had played um, <clears throat> in 02 when he was going for the Tiger Slam. I played with him on Saturday. That was the first time I ever played with him. So, you know, um, and, and played with him in a lot of majors and in different things. So, I mean, there, there was a mutual respect there, obviously. I mean, I always respected Tiger, but he knew that I could, I could do what I needed to do when it mattered, when it mattered.
1: Well uh, when you think about that Masters in 05 are there certain stories that you tell your kids about like what what really sticks with you from that I think the
0: most important thing that week was everybody says man how that must have been so nerve-wracking and so tough and you know when you're in that situation where you're you have that focus um and I'm I'm can honestly say I've been there uh, two handfuls of times in my life to where I've had that focus where nothing on the outside there's nerves don't matter I mean it was just you know I knew I was playing such good golf Didn't matter who I was playing. Didn't matter where I was playing. I felt like I could beat anybody at all and whenever. So, um, you know, it's it's hard. You don't get like that. Tiger plays every round of golf like that. And that's why he was able – that's why he's arguably the greatest player in the world because he's able to – I always said it. His focus was so much better than everybody else's. He had a better game than everybody else, but he also had a focus to where the first hole of the tournament is like – the 72nd hole, and he has to make birdie to win, and he could do that from the from hole one to hole 72. And I don't to, to hold that kind of focus for that long. I don't. I don't know how he can do it. And he did it for 18, 19 year stretch.
1: When you mentioned being in final groups with, um, obviously being paired with Phil, in four with Tiger going for the Tiger Slam on Saturday, Tiger on Sunday in 05, Like think about those big situations. Is there a shot you, you would love to have back, whether there or an Open Championship or in general?
0: Um, you know, I think that if there was one shot that I'd like to have back in all the majors where I had some good things. The one thing that, that I did really well that I can lay my he- head down at night and sleep well is that, um, you know, in the 04 PGA, in the 05 Masters, and in the 06 British Open, all the ones that I finished second in, um, all three of those I, I made birdies down the stretch. I didn't make any bogeys. Um, obviously, 04 I watched Phil take it. That helped me a tremendous amount. Watching him go out and birdie um, five of the last eight holes to win the tournament by one over Ernie Els.
1: Just knowing you could be aggressive on the back nine. There, just
0: knowing you had to be aggressive. Not that you, you could be. That you had to be. That if you had if you wanted to go out and win a major, you had to go get a major. You you couldn't sit back and wait for somebody to kind of throw it in your lap. You you had to go get it. So, um, watching Phil go out and do that and and create you know get it that, that really helped me a bunch. But, you know, for me, I was able to kind of put my head down knowing that, you know, I didn't make bogeys coming out of stretch. I gave myself some great chances to to win tournaments. I just got beat by better players or, you know, better players that week, whatever it might be. But the one shot I'd like to have back would probably be the putt in the 4 PGA um, at Whistling Straits. I hit a beautiful 6-iron in there. My goal going into that week was obviously to put myself in contention, but my goal was I was right on the – on the cusp of making the Ryder Cup, my first Ryder Cup. So I knew that if I went out and played well that week, um, I would solidify myself on the team. Um, you know, I, I, all four teams I made, I never was a captain's pick. I made it on my own merit, which always makes me feel better about myself, knowing that I earned it and, and I did it myself. But <clears throat> that one, so when I hit, I was an hour, maybe an hour before the group, VJ and Justin Leonard, who were in the last group. and. Um, I hit a beautiful six iron in the hole and I kind of gave it a fist pump. And the fist pump was because I knew that I had solidified myself on the Ryder
1: Cup. What a goal that is in its own right.
0: (laughs) Right. And at the time, I think I was two or three back. You know, those guys had holes coming in. I thought that they could make birdies on. And um, So I I had about a 15-footer and I hit a a really good putt. I just didn't quite hit it. I probably left it maybe three rolls short, dead center. And obviously, in retrospect, when you look back, I mean, if I hit that putt, it could have been what I said doesn't happen where somebody it just falls in your lap, and it would have been a, a major that would have fell on <laughs> my lap. I mean, I know Chris Riley, but he three-putted 18 that year. I played with Ernie Els. He three-putted 18 that year to miss the playoff. Um, Justin Leonard had like a 10-footer to win the tournament outright on 18. Uh, I think Vijay bogeyed 18 that day. So, I mean, so many things happen where, you know, obviously if I made that putt, in retrospect looking back, that's the one I wish I would have been a little more focused on, wait, you know, this, this putt still could have a chance to win the golf tournament. I was just like, okay, I made the a, made a Ryder Cup, you know, so it was, it is what it is, but it was, um, all those all those runs were great.
1: Yeah, and you had mentioned in the past that confidence is so fickle in this game that you had gone from almost winning a major championship to three weeks later wondering if you'll ever make a cut again. Which tournament was that, what, what stretch was that right in there?
0: In '06, I, I I remember playing in Doral, I was playing in the World Golf Championship down there, and I hit probably one of the most beautiful four-irons I think I maybe have ever hit in my life, into the 18th old Doral, hit a high draw four-iron. Um, right behind the hole and everybody knows how tricky that hole is if you miss it left you're in the water and i um i hit about eight feet behind the hole i made birdie and then we we left that afternoon to go skiing in aspen and snowmass and i i hurt myself and i came back i had a bruised rib i had a wd from tpc and then i had got some shots just to kind of make it playable because two weeks later was augusta and i played atlanta shot like 76 78 i mean just Trying to get through it somehow. Sugarloaf back then. Yep, Sugarloaf. Um, and then I ended up, you know, playing Augusta, gutted it out. I made an eagle on 18. I made a six iron on the 18th hole, which was my 36th hole. Um, and I thought I made a cut. And then Chad Campbell came in a couple of groups later and made birdie on 18 to to knock the 10 shot rule out. Um, but up. you know, that one was one of the ones where it was like, you know, I was hurt. You know, now all of a sudden, I mean, confidence to me sometimes could take a year to get to the point where you want to be, or even longer sometimes. It could take you know, almost a career to get to that point, to be able to play good for how many years, whatever it might be. But it could be three, four, or five weeks in a row, and, and you know it, it's that easy and it, it fragile that it, it can crumble. So um, that's why my, my point about making sure that you can stay comfortable and, and stay confident, if you can do those two things on the golf course, then that's going to take care of everything else
1: team room in 04 Ryder Cup. What was that like just, I I know you guys didn't win that year, but what is it like in a team room for Chris DeMarco?
0: You know, the Ryder Cup is a a weird animal. I mean, I remember I was listening this year, 2021 Ryder Cup and, you know, the announcer saying, you know, it just doesn't look like the Europeans are having fun. And I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, when you get your ass beat, it's no fun. Right? And they're getting getting their asses beat. And that's what happened to us in 04. (laughs) Behind those closed doors, we had a ball. I mean, there's so much camaraderie in that room. Everybody's pulling for everybody. Um, All the wives are are pulling together. You know, obviously that year there was the question of, you know, the um, help had put Tiger and Phil together. And um, I don't think that there was a pure dislike for each other. I just didn't think that they were the best of friends. I think that they had a mutual respect for each other for sure. I think that, you know, Phil respected the heck out of Tiger, and I think Tiger respected the the heck out of Phil, but, you know, both are alpha males and both are trying to be the number one. And, um, you know, I I just didn't think that they were real friendly. I think, I don't want to say that they didn't like each other at all because I think that there was, again, that mutual respect. But, and then, you know, we kind of put our eggs in one basket in that Ryder Cup by putting those two together. I mean, obviously the world wanted to see it, you know, number one, number, arguably by far the number one and number two player in the world at the time um, were those two guys. And, you know, so if I'm Europe, I'm almost hoping that they do that because if for some reason David can slay Goliath, which is what they were, you know, you feel like you just cut the, the head right off the off the giant. So, um, you know, I, I think looking back, I I, I think you see now what we're doing and we you know we've got the same captains and co-captains and the same people so people are, are used to seeing them and um you know we're, we're seeing a lot of this young talent you know justin thomas and jordan Speeth, who grew up playing together now they're playing together now it's just a fun little thing for these two to go out and you know there's a match i, I don't think we, we might ever lose those two guys i mean I, as competitive as they are and as much as they enjoy playing with each other kind of like sergio and Sevi and sergio and jose marie right. I and mean, you know westwood and um Darren Clark. I mean, there were so many great pairings on that European side that they were just best of friends. And then they're also partners. I mean, I think that's what it's about. But 04, you know, it was what it was. I I know that I felt like my other teams that we played, um, there was a lot more team instead of individuals. And not saying that there was any of that in the team room. I just the two President's Cups I played on, I felt like the camaraderie is amazing. It was basically the exact same players. So. I don't understand. Maybe Ryder Cup plays a little different. Maybe nerves are a little different. But, um, it, you know, it was – it's tough. Ryder Cup is a tough animal. It really is. I mean, it is the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever did in my life. Mm.
1: Okay. Bar, bar none. Bar
0: none. Bar okay. none. You've
1: played such a high level over the years, and you've seen so many great shots between Phil Tiger and big moments at big venues. What's the greatest shot you've witnessed in your PGA Tour career?
0: Oh, my gosh. The greatest shot ever. Um you know the greatest run ever, I think, would be, and I know this is going to be so out of out of bounds, but and and I just saw the replay of it the other night. It was like I want to say maybe the 02 or 03. It was the international, and the stretch that Steve Lowry had coming yeah. down the stretch. He against made Rich Beam against Rich Beam. He, I think he made he made a he made a he made a bunker shot on fourteen for birdie. Hold out on fifteen for eagle. pard sixteen and then made double eagle on seventeen. And I think wow. Beamer, I think Beamer birdied the last hole, and he ended up only winning by a point. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he had like a twelve point lead going in, and, and Lowry was behind him, yeah. and did something crazy. And that
1: stretch down to it, so where Lowry had a birdie putt on eighteen, and it, if he makes it, he wins. He wins. If he misses it, Beam wins. Beam wins, and you never see that in any other situation in golf. No, and
0: that that to me was. Um, it was just a great stretch, and that's what made that tournament so exciting. I mean, I think if I had to go back and I had to pick one from Tiger, it would probably be the, the six iron he had of the bunker at Canadian Open at Glen Abbey.
1: 2000, yeah.
0: Where you hit it over, I mean, just over the water. I, if you're in that fairway, and first of all, if you're on the left side, at least you feel like you have some green to work with, and he was you know, in the right bunker, so he was just going over water the whole way, and just to hit that shot, be able to pull it off in the, on the 72nd hole is pretty, pretty special stuff.
1: Degree of difficulty was off the charts. Huh? The charts,
0: yeah, off the charts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, want to wrap up with a little instruction for amateurs. I know you're playing with the pro-am today. So, if we go through the five bullet points of golf, kind of like your typical driving iron play, you're such a great iron player in your time on the PGA Tour. But driving, like, what's a good um, kind of tip for us to kind of really improve our, our driving game?
0: Uh, you know, I think that the most important thing with with the driver is is knowing your limitations. Uh, I think that swinging within yourself. I always say that if you swing 90% and hit it solid, 95% and hit it solid compared to 100% and unsolid, the 95% solid is going to go further. So I think the most important thing I try to do is just try to hit the ball solid. Um, I think that, you know, we you, especially if you play with somebody who might be a little bit longer than you, you tend to maybe overswing a little bit. So I would, I would say don't overswing. I would say just try to hit the ball as solid as you can
1: iron play I know with that's been really kind of the main part of your career the biggest strength of your career over the years what what's a good if it's a swing thought or if it's a good kind of approach for us to really improve quickly I, there
0: I think it's understanding your irons I think that you need to know that you know as you progress down from a three iron up to a pitching wedge your ball position changes and I think that you know your three irons more towards the front of your stance and then a wedge is more in the middle maybe even a little bit back of stance and just so you have that Um, your impact is is a lot better. And I think that, you know, if you can understand that part of it, I think you can understand what the trajectory of of an iron actually is trying to do.
1: Huge moment in Augusta. You almost chipped in there very end of that Sunday. Um, So under pressure, you're able to do it. For us, when we're under pressure and we're chipping, what's a good way to kind of deal with that?
0: You know, I, I think that there's a there's a lot, actually, but, I mean, practice. I mean, I think that's the most important thing I see most guys. I said, how much time you have you chipped? He goes, oh, I don't ever chip. I chip when I'm on the course. Well, if you ne- if you never chip, then you can't expect to chip good when you're on a golf course. I always tell people that, you know, when you get to the course, the first thing I would do is go to the chip and green and go chip for 15 minutes. You know, if, if you only have, let's say you're there and you have 30 minutes before your tee time, right, right. I'd say go, still go to the chip and green for 10 minutes and go hit a bunch of different chips around the green, different lies, and just kind of chip just to kind of get the feel of it. I think as far as, like, um, a tip, I would say, just make sure you release your left shoulder when you, when you chip. I think if you do that, it kind of gets the club going in the right direction. And then, um, you know, then I would, say, I would say go hit putts for 10 minutes, too. I would say go do that and then go hit balls for 10. All you're doing is warming up. You're not trying to look for anything on the, on, on the driving range. All you're doing is trying to warm up your body so on the first tee, you're not going to pull your attendant trying to swing. Well,
1: it's to the point about chipping, though. A lot of us can tend to thin it if we're, if we're stressed. Like, what's a good way to kind of overcome that?
0: Well, I mean, I think that's you have to know where the bottom is on your on your, on your wedge. And you have to, I think you have to understand the wedge. I think you have to understand what a leading edge is, and I think you have to understand what the bounce is. And that's when you chip, you're using the bounce of your club. And I think, you know, once you understand the bounce, and the bounce is on, you know, on the bottom, kind of if you put your hand over, it's the knuckles on your hand. That, that, that needs to hit the bottom. And if you're pinky, that would be like kind of the leading edge. And that's the last thing you want to do is lead with the leading edge. That's going to dig, and you're probably going to hit that fat shot. Or you're going to maybe drop kick it and, and, and skinny it across the green.
1: When you talk about bounce of the clubs and the wedges, as we go into the bunker shots, we get stressed out over those as well. What's the right, I guess, mentality over the bunker shots?
0: I think the number one thing I tell people all the time is it's the only shot in golf where you actually never hit the ball. I mean, <laughs> you never one. you never hit the ball. I mean, you're basically just trying to hit underneath it, and then the sand lifts lifts it out, and you do that. So I think that you know, again, go in and hit a few bunker shots, and and maybe put yourself in some different lies. I mean you know, if you just practice it just a little bit, then when you get in there, the, the amount of, of nervousness or being afraid of the shot is going to go away because you've actually hit a couple of shots. And I think that it is, it's an intimidating thing. If you don't know what you're doing. I mean, I get in there, bunkers are my favorite place to be. I mean, I'm, I, I know exactly how I'm going to hit it, what I'm going to do it, how, what spin I want to do. I mean, I can do whatever I want to do with it. And I think that's because I've hit a thousand and million bunker
1: shots. Mm. Lag putts and short putts. I know it's areas of the game that we could totally improve on, but uh, we, we clearly need to find more confidence in that in that area. What is a good way to, to find that confidence with both of those?
0: So what I try to do in what, one of my drills that I do is I just putt on the putting green and I just putt to fringes and I try to get my ball as close to the fringe as I can without going off the green. And that really makes me just think about my speed. It takes away everything else. I'm not thinking about, you know, I mean, and I'm, I put downhillers, I put uphillers, I put sidehillers, I do it all. But I just try to putt to the fringe. That way, I'm not thinking about making it. I'm just thinking only speed. That's all I'm trying to do is speed. And then the other thing I do is I, I'll, I'll go find a four footer, and I'll try to putt it from four different angles: from 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and 9 o'clock. And I'll just try to hit all four different putts. And then I'll try to hit make them with all different speeds. And I'll try to, you know, just because if, if you feel like you can make a four footer, then the rest of the putting should be pretty easy.
1: You talked about like releasing your left shoulder earlier is there any kind of like mental thought like that that'll help us with putting as well
0: Well I mean putting you know for me I, I really try to lock my left wrist as much as I can so that the left wrist stays really locked and my right hand just obviously with the claw grip my right hand just is on for the ride um, I think that if you think if you're over the putt and you just think about your left shoulder kind of going going back and your right shoulder releasing so basically your left shoulder going down and your right shoulder going up and just the rock of the shoulders i think that'll get your hands out of it which is i think the biggest mistake a lot of guys do is they use their hands too much and their wrists and then they get wristy and and jabby gotcha.
1: <laughs> lastly um podcast is called beyond the clubhouse so the friendships the lasting friendships we all make you think about the mentors you've had and i think about like jay haas there's been so many guys nope. who have helped you out guys are out here at yep. the Champions Tour as well nope. so what's a favorite story with one of your mentors from over the years
0: well, like you know, you bring up Jay. I'll probably bring that up. That was probably one of my best ever. Was we Ryder Cup in '04. Um, we were we were paired together. We knew we were going to play together. So early in the week, we played our practice rounds together. We did alternate shot. We knew we were going to play alternate shot. Very similar games, and we just deducted that you know I would play the, the odd holes and he would play the even holes. There you um, go. <laughs> and we just you know it just was what it was. And I we were again having Jay to be able to look up to. You know, here I am, maybe thirty. Three, thirty-two 32 years old and jay's you know 49 i think at the time or whatever it might have been and um you know i it was nice to have him there and we we're walking to the tee after warming up and this is in the afternoon the first day and i i literally looked at him and i said jay i don't i don't think i can hit this first t-ball so we switched up our whole thing and he hit it on the spot on the spot and the thing about it that was funny was that i didn't really think it far enough through because i was obviously pretty nervous and um you know, I, he hit it in the fairway. I hit it on the green, and then he rolled it by like four and a half feet, and I had to make a four and a half foot putt. And the last most, thing you want to do I is a I'd rick- rather have had a, the drive than have that four and a half foot putt, but I was able to make it, and um, it, worked, um, it worked out great. But, yeah, you know, just to have somebody like that in your life, and that means so much. And then obviously, you know, Jack Nicklaus being probably my idol growing up um, was the greatest thing ever, and, you know, to have him on the President's Cup was, as my captain was pretty awesome.
1: Great spending time with you here on Beyond the Clubhouse, Chris. I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Good to see you. You too. Yeah. Thanks. All right. A lot of fun stories there. Chris DiMarco. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I love the thing about the ball. Uh, Sunday at the Masters 2005, uh, rolling it over to Tiger and hey, let's go Gators. And Tiger giving that uh, classic response, uh, F the Gators. So anyway, uh, a lot of cool experiences there for Chris DiMarco and his career. Hope. That was a blast for you guys to hear as well. Uh, Masters, President's Cup, Ryder Cup, all those big events he was a part of. So really cool to hear him kind of reminisce about that back in the day. So anyway, hope you guys enjoy it. We'll get to you again here on Beyond the Clubhouse.